0: This is the weekly sales meeting for December 17th, 2023. My name is Chris Fleming. You can reach me at chris at cdmediaconsulting.com or go to our website at cdmediaconsulting.com. Today's topic is reluctant closers. There is a fine line between being polite and being persistent. Webster's Dictionary defines polite in many ways, but the main definition is this. Marked by an appearance of consideration, tact, deference, or courtesy. Persistence is defined as existing for a long or longer than usual time. Also continuing to exist despite interference or treatment. These adjectives can be used to describe the acts which we as sellers must work at every day. But they do not have to be antonyms, although these separate thoughts of continuing to call on people, all while being polite, and then asking them to do business with us, these may seem to be at odds with each other. What happens is we become reluctant closers. We hesitate when someone gets close to the decision point and it looks to be going in our favor. We get alligator arms when trying to catch the football. We don't reach for that extra inch or push them the extra yard. The idea that someone might buy something from us triggers an inner dopamine drip. One that we don't want to turn off. We become like Sally Field at the Oscars. They like us. They really, really like us. And we hit the brakes. We don't want to push the customer to make a decision. We allow the customer to wallow in the decision-making process for way too long. When the process takes too long, the excitement and enthusiasm of the deal expires. It starts almost as soon as we walk out the door. If we allow them to put off a decision, it almost always turns into a no or a prolonged maybe. And as you've heard me say before, maybe is no with a long wick. You are still going to take the no. It will come in weeks or months instead of days. How to solve this age-old selling dilemma? Don't think too long or too hard. The mind is a terrible thing. It conjures up the worst possible scenarios at the worst possible times. It strikes fear into the hearts and minds of sellers long before they ask for the order. What can we do? Clear the mind of its history. Dump the cash amnesia is the best cure i have had brain surgery so i come by it naturally but for everyone else beat back the voice in your mind fire the nurse living inside your head the one that administers the dopamine drip don't count the commission checks before or during the sale focus in on the result getting to closed then you can let the mind wander free In the realm of sales, the role of a closer is pivotal in converting leads into loyal customers. A skilled closer possesses the ability to seal the deal. We can overcome any objection, real or imagined. We can do so when we picture ourselves and project ourselves turning potential prospects into satisfied buyers. However, not all sales representatives are natural-born closers. Some struggle with the art of closing deals. We may consider them reluctant closers. Uncovering the cure for reluctant closers requires a deeper understanding of the challenges they face and applying strategies to empower them to win. Many of this ilk lack self-confidence. They fear rejection. They struggle with even the thought of being assertive. Because of this, they live inside themselves. These are the ones that focus only on their pitch and their product. They forget to focus on the customer's needs and concerns. Selfish sellers rarely close but those who give often get more. Start with understanding what your customer needs, not what you want to see. When sellers lack confidence, they sell from their point of view. When they have supreme confidence, they listen to their customer's needs, and then they will approach the solution from the customer's point of view and with the customer's problem in mind. As Tony Robbins put it, in sales, it's not just about having the best pitch, it's about being sincerely interested in helping others solve their problems. It is the idea of empathy Empathy lies at the core of effective salesmanship. It is casting your field of vision on the world from the other person's point of view. This way a seller can see the needs, desires and pain points. This knowledge will help us tailor our offer to a specific need. Sales trainer Jill Conrath says, the secret to becoming a great closer is not being persuasive, but in being empathetic and understanding. When we have presented a plausible business solution to a specific and personal business problem, it is a deposit into the equity bank. It is a way to build a trust, a bond, and one that makes asking the closing question a quid pro quo. Tom Hopkins is a real estate mogul turned sales trainer. Tom has been building sales champions since 1976. He says a reluctant closer stays within their comfort zone, while a successful one continually seeks growth and improvement. The key to this success is having great interpersonal communication skills. It means listening before talking. Listen to understand, not to respond. Communication is the backbone of sales interactions, and improving this skill can work. Active listening is key. Being Attentive and hearing the prospect's concerns enables closers to provide personalized solutions. Practice your open ended questions. Master attentive responses that show a true empathetic understanding. Focus on finding the best fit for the customer rather than just making the sale. The reluctance comes from fear. It is fear of rejection. No matter how many times we have been rejected, it still stings like the first time. For some, it can be demoralizing. Encourage a growth mindset. Emphasize failure is an opportunity to learn and improve. This can help build resilience. Sales managers can provide constructive feedback. Sales managers can create a supportive environment. It can be a place where sellers feel safe to explore and overcome their challenges. As Zig Ziglar put it, reluctant closer see rejection as a set back while successful ones perceive it as a stepping stone toward victory. View rejection as a part of the process. Know it is going to happen. Prepare for it. Prepare your mental response. Realize that nothing bad is happening to you. It is a temporary condition you can fight through rather than lump all customers and prospects into one vat, allow them to break out. We tend to lump them into stereotypes and silos. Treat them as individuals, each person unique. So is every prospect. Be adaptable to each personality you encounter. Do this so you don't revert to canned or rote answers when you hear familiar phraseology. In the beginning, you might follow a rigid selling pattern or script, and this is fine. But as you improve, your skills improve. So too will your responses to customers. You will expand your comfort zone. It allows you to veer off script as the conversation evolves. Being flexible in your approach allows you to adjust as new information is revealed. Don't lose sight of the end goal, but do gather the clues and reveals from your prospects. Incorporate them into your sales presentation for each customer. Invest in sales training and continuous development. If your company is not providing it to you, go and find it on your own. Or encourage your company to hire me to do it. Attend as many workshops, trainings, and coaching sessions as possible. Define and redefine your skills. Practice active listening and empathetic responses. Prepare for every possible scenario and how you might respond to it. This way, you begin to relax. As your knowledge increases, so does your confidence level. Find yourself a mentor. Make sure it is someone who is strong where you need help. Don't try to mirror what they do, but do try to absorb the best of what will work for you. Never miss an opportunity to Improve studied other industries' sales methods and techniques. There is much to learn from others to interact with customers daily. Don't move the goalpost. You can't change your goals, but you can make small victories add up to big wins. As a profession, we are goal-oriented, or at least we should be goal-oriented. This can be a motivator for those who struggle in the closing department. Set up your sales call to include small victories. Make note of them when they happen. Small victories and progress milestones can boost your self-esteem. The more you win, the more confidence you will have at the close. In fact, it may make closing into a foregone conclusion. When that happens, This is a huge win for you, because that is what is supposed to happen. Celebrate the victories, no matter how big or how small. If the average closing ratio for all sellers in all industries is 1 out of 10, we need to take our accolades when we earn them. The other nine are not giving them out. Have a ritual with your teammates to celebrate the wins. Have a set time at the end of each day, or do it at the beginning of each day. List your accomplishments and let the team take a victory lap. This creates a positive atmosphere. It makes the wins infectious. It offers an adrenaline shot for the team, not a single person. And it pushes the group forward to collect more. You can overcome reluctance to close. Overcome this problem by pushing yourself to ask more often. Most sellers give up after one or two asks, and most sales are made after the tenth or eleventh ask. Let me repeat that. Most sales are made after the tenth or eleventh ask. Now that you know that, and you may have known it before, why would you ever stop at two? Ask and overcome. Every time you answer a question for a customer or prospect, ask them to buy something. Every time you overcome an objection, ask for the order if you ever lose your place in a conversation ask for the order i guarantee the prospect will correct you and let you know you haven't asked for anything yet don't worry that you are being impolite when you are persistent because you aren't If you believe you're selling something of value that the customer needs and can benefit them, it will not be viewed as impolite. In all my years of managing people, I have fielded only one complaint call about a salesperson asking for the order too often. And my response to my customer was, you would sure want them working for you, wouldn't you? That shut the complaint down because the customer would have loved 20 of those sellers on his sales team. Don't give up too soon. Push forward in the face of resistance, even and especially when you get the first to know. Understand you are going to hear that word. Be prepared to fight through it. Focus your tunnel vision on the reason you darkened that person's doorstep to begin with. If your intent was to sell them something, then proceed as planned. If you intended on being a professional visitor that day, don't bother. It might be time to switch careers. We are professional sellers. Never forget this. In sales, we need to ask for what we want. It doesn't appear on your doorstep without some degree of work on your part. Accept this fact. Better yet, embrace it. Own it and master it. Former ITT executive Harold Janine is quoted as saying you read a book left to right, but you run a business backwards. You determine what you want and identify the steps needed to get there. This is the challenge we must rise to each day. I will tell my sellers I don't pay them to call on customers. I don't pay them to make presentations. I pay them to close business. Those other things are functions of getting to closed. But the close is what I'm paying for. We need to make sure that is happening. And we are not giving up when the end is near. It is not only playing the game, but it is also winning the game, and we try to win as often as we can. My new book, 52 Weekly Sales Meetings, is now available on Amazon.com. If you like what you have heard here today, please consider ordering a copy or two. You can always send one to a friend. Go to cdmediaconsulting.com right now, and you can follow the instructions to order.